the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll with your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian, is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian discuss current events from a biblical worldview, so we as believers can influence for good in our culture and in the public square. Here is Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Hello, Biblical Citizens. It is an election year, very important midterms coming up, and today we're going to interview a candidate for Congress. In fact, this seat and a few others in California people are saying could make the difference on which party controls Congress in the next session. So today we're going to talk with Corey Gustafson, who's a businessman, university lecturer, He's a native San Diegan, and he's running for Congress in the 50th Congressional District. And since the district lines have changed, um, I'm going to let Corey in a little bit uh, tell us exactly what's in that district. But Corey graduated from San Pasquale High School and San Diego State University, so he's really a local guy. He founded Dogleg Brewing Company in Vista uh, with business partners just a few years ago. It brings together golf and craft beer and i might let Corey describe how that goes too so Corey is the republican party endorsed candidate against five-term incumbent scott peters welcome Corey. brian thanks for having me on it's a pleasure so Corey, um what's it like being a kind of what's it like being a business owner in san diego and you started your business it looks like not that long before covid which would amp up the challenges i would think but this is generally considered in california a not super friendly business climate so what's it like being a business owner well that's absolutely true brian we started dog Lake brewing in 2019 and uh the beer industry is heavily regulated as it is but uh, starting a business in california has so many hurdles so many obstacles and the state does everything it possibly can to really stop you from cr- starting a business and creating jobs for a local community. Uh, it takes a lot of uh, effort, a lot of legal advice at times, uh, a lot of uh, costs that could have gone to uh, training employees, hiring more employees, or sunk in the process, in the mire of the bureaucracy in California. So, yes, uh, that is why we have people flocking away from California right now, why businesses are not being started here, creating jobs. They're going to more business-friendly places like Texas and Florida, and that's the reason, because it is easier, it is cheaper to start businesses there. But uh, through a lot of work, we were able, with my business partners, uh, were able to start Dog Lake Brewing in 2019. As you stated, it was uh, not exactly the most convenient time to start a business, as uh, especially a brewery, uh, right before the pandemic hit. Uh, but we were able to persevere, and we got through it, and uh, Dog Lake Brewing is doing very well now. Um, it's located in Vista, California, and it brings together uh, golf and beer, uh, two of uh, San Diego's 
favorite pastimes. <laughs> so we're probably done there, and uh, it's a great place to go for a beer. I'll, I'll agree with you on that, but do people play golf in the brewery, or how does that go? How does it have a golf theme? Yeah, we have a uh, golf simulator where people can hit golf balls. Uh, they can play different courses like St. Andrews, the course that was played at the British Open uh, last week. There's also a putting green. So there's lots of different activities to do in there while uh, sipping on beers that are uh, usually named after something to do with uh, golf. So that's our theme, and uh, it seems as though people who like to golf also like to drink beer. <laughs> yeah, well, that sounds like a lot of fun. You know, that the, the obstacles that the government has put in front of you starting a business remind me of a quote by Jefferson. He said, the natural progress of things is for liberty to yield and government to gain ground. And that's the days that we are in, isn't it? The government has Absolutely. just gained too much ground. The administrative state is too strong. And we've got to cut back. So we're trying to figure out solutions that Congress can do. And we want to send people that can figure out ways to cut back on these strangling regulations. So is that one of the reasons that you're entering politics running against Absolutely. the five-term incumbent Democrat. Absolutely, Kathleen, that's exactly right. And you hit the nail on the head talking about the administrative state and the different apparatuses that have been put up, uh, up by uh, progressives in, in America to make it less friendly for business and to really, with your Jefferson quote, change fundamentally that dynamic that the Constitution established between the people and their government. And we see this so much nowadays, and it's the fundamental difference between my and my opponent, Scott Peters, I believe that individuals are best at controlling their own destiny and that the federal government needs to be there to protect their rights, but not to establish their rights. We have this game that's being played by the far left wing in our country that is into the uh, creating rights for each and every uh, citizen. Rights are endowed to us by our creator. They are here through the state of nature, and we enter the government, our a social compact, the United States Constitution, to protect those rights. And, as the Constitution says, uh, that for all the powers not given to the federal government, they are reserved to the people and the states respectively, meaning we have freedom in our lives to do basically what we want to um, improve our lives and not infringe on other people's freedom. But we need to get back to the business of understanding the fact that the people are endowed with freedom. They don't need to be given rights. We have the right to do what we want in our freedom. And it's not the government that's giving us these rights. We have to protect our freedoms. Absolutely. And they want to turn all our God-given rights into privileges that they grant us at their own will. And that's what we exactly. are, are, are fighting against. We're trying to remind people of that. And so exactly. how does, how these are not these rights are not given to us by uh, the government. It is not the government that should be running. Well, here's the fundamental problem. My opponent uh, and his uh, uh, allies in the government, they believe that they know how to run the individual's life better than you do. Whether we saw what happened with the coronavirus and the the absurd overreach of power that the government took. Uh, from individuals. Uh, this is the fundamental premise of the uh, progressive movement, is that they have a better understanding of how to run the individual's life over the individual themselves. I mean, I think it's based on an addiction to power itself, the power over people. Uh, and that's what, 
I mean, our 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 biblical word worldview informs our faith. I mean, our our political views. Our faith informs our political views. So, how does that work in your in your political views? Well, that's, that's well. I'm running for Congress, and so uh, I swear an allegiance to the United States our Constitution to protect and defend the Constitution, um, and that's what I will do uh, in Congress. I'm going to. Uh, um, vote based on what the power of the Constitution gives me and for respect and fidelity to that Constitution uh, in order to improve the lives and help the lives uh, and uh, give um, protect the freedoms of the constituents in the 50th District in California. And our God-given rights, not our government-given rights. Absolutely okay. right. So, and so I'm a man of uh, faith. Uh, I attend um, uh, Resurrection Church in uh, es- Escondido, uh, as well as St. Timothy, and uh, certainly my faith informs my worldview, and the Judeo-Christian ethic underlines uh, the values that uh, are expressed in the Declaration of Independence and the United States Constitution. So as a nation, we should not forget um, that our history and our culture, and these things need to be in the minds of every lawmaker when they are thinking about uh, decisions that can affect uh, this country and our nation's future. Right. Corey, let's, I want to drill down now into some issues, but right before we do that, could you clarify which communities are in your 50th newly redrawn district? Absolutely. So we have a huge, diverse district that stretches from uh, all of San Marcos, parts of Vista, uh, the southern half of Escondido, and then it goes all the way through uh west of the 15 and east of the five and the communities like forest ranch rancho bernardo carmel valley and so it goes all the way down to that 56 it stops there so anything north of the 56 is basically the 50th and then it shifts over completely from la jolla uh, torrey pines west of the five so everything west of the five from la jolla all the way down to coronado so it's a rather big district a diverse district um, and, uh, yeah, that's the, if you're in those areas, you can vote for court for Congress in uh, November 2022. Well, that's fantastic. Now, according to all the polls, and not just polls, which can be off, but just conversations with people, it looks like two of the biggest issues on voters' minds, I would say, are inflation and crime. And that's probably true both locally and nationally. So let's touch on inflation. Some people are telling us that inflation is just mainly due to that war in Ukraine, which we can't control anyway. So do you agree with that? And do you think that the government can do much or the Congress to fight inflation? Uh, I think that uh, it is the cop out of the century for this administration uh, and leaders like the, uh, 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 the majority leader in Congress at the moment, uh, uh, they believe that uh, all of inflation is caused by what's going on in Ukraine. That's absolutely not true. What's happening now is that we have more dollars chasing the same amount of goods, and in many respects, less goods because of the partly part of the shutdown with the coronavirus and the war in Ukraine. But when you have less goods and you have more dollars chasing them because of the massive amount of money that was uh, printed uh, during the COVID-19 era, where we had $6 trillion printed to respond uh, to the pandemic, more dollars chasing fewer goods creates inflation. And the fact is we have 9.1% inflation uh, today in our country. 
and the Democratic Party led by Scott Peters and uh, Joseph Biden saw this. They denied that it was happening. And then here's the key point decided to try to spend on top of that $6 trillion of spending that was passed, try to spend $3.5 trillion more last year uh, in their Build Back Better scheme. Right. Uh, thank God Joe uh, Manchin stopped that, or else we would have had inflation at even uh, higher numbers. So the Democratic Party believes that they can spend their way out of any problem. There's no solution that they can't spend more money on. And that if they think that the uh, the problem is uh, not going away, they will spend and they will spend and they will spend, and that creates inflation. It's very simple, actually. Yeah, so, they spend it like they're like there's no tomorrow, and like it's water. <laughs> you know, this brings up this brings up. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make a side note uh, to to you, but to our listeners as well. I really think to have a true red wave and a big. Not just a small, but a big Republican takeover of Congress so that you and other great candidates can get in. I really think the Republican Party needs to put down what was done way back in 1994. It was called a contract with America. And Kevin McCarthy said some months ago that he was going to put out something like this, just broad, strongly supported programs that virtually all Republican candidates can agree on and say, look, if you get us in, not only are we going to fight these bad Democrat programs, but we're going to do these kind of things like move towards a balanced budget, spend less money, things like that. So I I would encourage, uh, um, I don't know if you ever talked to Kevin McCarthy, we don't have to get into that, but uh, I think the Republicans have to have a positive kind of a platform out there so that you can get through all the media noise so let's touch Absolutely. quickly I, I know on. that Kev, i know that kevin mccarthy is working on that and i'm i'm eager to see what they come up with but absolutely the 1994 model is something that we should consider today and we need to focus on not necessarily making a republican majority but an american majority the issues you talked about uh, uh cutting taxes stopping inflation by balancing budgets, responsible spending, fighting crime, supporting our police officers. These are issues that 70% of the American people agree on. We're talking I agree. about American yep. majorities, not just one political party. Yep. So that's what my campaign's about. We're trying to reach across uh, party aisles to all people, Democrats, independents, uh, Republicans, conservatives, liberals, saying 70% of Americans agree on these issues. Let's right. create an American majority to push our nation forward. Which brings up the question of foreign interests affecting our government and our policies. People like the United Nations and the World Economic Forum, they've infiltrated so many positions all over the country, and that was what Trump was fighting against, the foreign interests, America first, versus these globalists that want to have more and more and more control. So one of the things that is one of their big policies is the Green New Deal, supported, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Peters the, has been all in on that. Tax, they want to make CO2 a poisonous, toxic yep. agent, which, you know, that is completely debatable. And so so they want to have car- zero carbon emissions by 2030. That's what your opponent, Scott Peters, goes along with these right. a lot of these policies. So what can we do instead? I believe I believe that uh, like I believe again another seventy I would hopefully this is much higher than a seventy percent issue in America. I want our environment to be cleaner. I don't know Republicans, conservatives, liberals, or Democrats who disagree with that. I think we should be stewards of our environment, our beautiful San Diego coastlines, and this beautiful um, um, piece of land that uh, God put us in here. 
Um, and we have to protect that. We have to do what we can to make our environment clean and leave the world better than we found it. However, agreed. What the what Scott Peters is doing and the Democratic push for the Green New Deal is to fundamentally reshape uh, America uh, to their socialist liking. They're trying to take away <laughs> yeah. power from it's individuals true. and transfer it to the government. I can get on board in Congress. I'll lead on trying to get us into a position where we have uh, less carbon emissions. I think that's a good thing. Uh, you can, the Democrats, like Scott Peters, give away their position uh, when they are oppose, they oppose uh, technology innovations like uh, nuclear power. We've gone in our country from the nuclear power is the cleanest form of energy, has zero carbon emissions, but yet we are shutting down nuclear power plants in California, a state that we don't really have a lot of power in with rolling blackouts. And as a country, we've gone from 19% of our power being fulfilled by nuclear energy to 10%. What we're talking about here is special interest politics by Scott Peters and the Democratic Party, not common sense solutions to trying to get our environment cleaner through new technologies and innovation and letting individuals and companies and entrepreneurs lead the way into getting us into a position in the United States and the world where we can have a clean environment without killing jobs and raising gas prices to ridiculous uh, degrees that we do in California uh, and what Scott Peters wants us to do in, in that front by cutting off fossil fuel. It, 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 honestly, fossil fuel, we want to get it down. Having said that, it is the cheapest form of energy, and industries' livelihoods depend on it currently. And until such a point where we can get cleaner technology, we have to be able to produce it here rather than in Russia and Saudi Arabia. Again, common sense, practical, American majority, 70% issues. Yeah, there's no rationale for them shutting down totally oil agree. production. Joe, just, the, the picture of yeah. Joe Biden fist bumping with the head of Saudi, the Sultan or whatever position he is in Saudi Arabia, and then behind closed doors, I'm sure, begging that Saudi Arabia somehow, I, I don't get how Saudi Arabia or, or other countries far away producing oil is friendlier to the planet than Americans producing oil. We actually have some of the strictest environmental controls. We have some of the cleanest fuel production in the world, but yet we're, and I'm sure Scott Peters is right in there with the Biden administration. No, we think it's better to have countries with no regulations on, on, uh, you know, harvesting fuels. It's better we get it from those folks. These folks are all on the record of President Biden and Scott Peters voting down expansion of American energy, which creates higher gas prices, uh, which costs American jobs and puts money in the hands of dictators in Russia and Saudi Arabia. I mean, that's what's fundamentally going on here. And it is uh, really a disgrace uh, to the American people, I think. And that's why we have to have a red wave in 2022. And it begins with getting rid of people like Scott Peters. who has been in there for 10 years. And the problem's only gotten worse. Absolutely. Let's move on to the topic of crime. Now, it's spiked nationwide. That is both violent and property crime. And here in California, we have ridiculous laws like you can shoplift up to almost $1,000 and only get a ticket for it. But it's, it's gotten worse nationwide as well. So what do you think the Congress, you know, being in Congress, what can the Congress do about it? And what will you do while you're there? As we said at the beginning of the interview, uh, I've lived in San Diego basically my entire life. I was born in Escondido. Uh, I went to San Francisco High School. I went to San Diego State. And I remember 
you know, what is the, the nickname of our great city? Uh, America's finest city, uh, where we had clean streets, where we had clean beaches, where the rule of law was enforced. But what we've seen over the last couple of years, and this gets to the heart of your questions, we have these San Francisco values being imported to San Diego. And I think that the majority of San Diegans can't stand it. I think when they see the rampant homelessness, whether it be in downtown, whether it be in San Marcos, Escondido, all these beautiful communities that have been overwhelmed by crime, uh, illegal immigration, uh, these are all because of policies put in place by Scott Peters and uh, his uh, cronies who believe in San Francisco values being imported here to San Diego. And we need to shift that. We need to have an approach that focuses on supporting police officers, enforcing the rule of law, protecting our borders by simple measures like creating and finishing the wall on the southern border. Again, who, anybody who owns a home in San Diego, uh, you have a fence around your house. We have to protect ourselves. This is not a controversial thing. We have to know who's coming in and who's coming out. And it gives the Democrats give it away. Scott Peters gives it away when they oppose these fundamental, uh, easy programs, uh, and their policies are uh, leading to the results we're seeing in San Diego now, these San Francisco values that we need to stop and get rid of. And that's why I'm running for Congress, to get San Diego, San Diego again, rather than importing these San Francisco values of complete lawlessness, rampant homelessness, These are not the things San Diego is known for. And one of the main reasons for that is our county supervisor, Nathan Fletcher, the chairman, is a good friend of Gavin Newsom, who is the Northern California, San Francisco elite type. And right. so that they have Absolutely. the same. They're all they're all buddies. They're all buddies. I'm they, sure Scott Peters is part of that. They nothing about the border. You know, they want the illegal immigrants coming across. So that's one reason we got to get him out of office too, people. So absolutely, yeah, but- and that's why that's why I'm running for Congress. Uh, well, our country's headed in the wrong direction, and we need to get uh, San Diego being San Diego again. Reject these San Francisco values. And if people want to support me, uh, they can go to my website, uh, Corey. For San Diego.com, C O R E Y F O R San Diego.com. They can donate there. Uh, we're up against a, a massive uh, fundraising machine in the Democratic Party, but we have the values on our side. We have the ideas. We have uh, uh, um, um, the idea of America on our side, and that's what we're going to fight for in this campaign. So you want to go to my website, your listeners want to go to my website to volunteer, to donate. We need all the help we can get. And what you do by investing in uh, my campaign is we're going to bring San Diego, make it uh, America's finest city again, and put the power back with the people rather than the federal government. That's what I'm going to Washington, D.C. to do, to get power back to San Diego rather than our federal government. I I like that plan. And I know people that are not conservative that have visited San Francisco. You mentioned San Francisco in the last 6 to 12 months, including some family members have visited San Francisco, and wow, it's not what they expected to find there. They remember the – because I remember – I'm old enough, to, and, and we used to live in the Bay Area. I'm old enough to remember when San Francisco was a really great place that everybody liked to come to. But not now. I wouldn't touch foot there. And you're absolutely right. People like um, your opponent in this election, Scott Peters, it seems like that's their model. Literally, that's their model. Even though quite <laughs> – I mean, it's pretty gross. you got to watch where you step – on every sidewalk in right. San Francisco, but it's right. it's pretty gross. So we're we're oh, getting. Oh, I wanted uh, to ask you about one right, other. It, elections elections have consequences. 
They absolutely and when we put do. In people who believe in, in in reshaping San Diego and make it San Francisco. Uh, that's what happens when you vote for people like Sam, uh, like uh, Scott Peters, and that's why people have to vote for candidates like myself so we can turn the tide against these bad policies. Yep, I agree. I want to ask you about the the Supreme Court made several major rulings in the last two weeks, and I'm actually going to touch on one that hasn't gotten that as much publicity, but I think is massively important, and that's West Virginia versus EPA, and and by a six to three vote, the the um, U.S. Supreme Court, and this was literally on June 30th, it was the last decision they issued. It was that the EPA, which is one of hundreds of what they call alphabet agencies, including the CDC and the NIH and, for that matter, the FBI, but there's hundreds of these agencies that have gone way beyond their constitutional and legislative mandates, and they issue rules and laws that affect the entire country. And one of the things the previous administration do, did, I believe, and you're probably familiar with, Corey, is they said for every new uh, regulation you issue as a as a bureaucracy, you have to eliminate at least two. And I think we're making yeah. some progress in that regard. So what do you think about that and anything else we can do to rein in this uh, administrative state? Administrative, yeah, it's, it's worse than yes. a bureaucracy. Oh. Yes, all those things you said are right, and it's about getting back to understanding the separation of powers uh, doctrine in the United States Constitution, which is the United States Congress has basically forfeited its oversight uh, and its ability to um, uh, over, uh, its oversight capabilities on the laws that it passes. It gives it off to the administrative state, the bureaucracy in Washington, D.C., unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats to interpret law and enforce it as they see fit. And uh, I think that the court's recent ruling has certainly helped in that respect, um, saying we're not we shouldn't be involved in these things. Congress has to have the power over these independent, as you say, alphabet agencies. And I think one of the great things that the the court hopefully can do. uh, And when I get to Congress, we're going to introduce legislation to do it. But we got to get rid of the Chevron deference principle. And what that is, is that uh, this was a decision. I've um, only got a few seconds, unfortunately, but quickly summarize. Right. So basically what it says is that uh, executive agencies are uh, responsible for interpreting law rather than courts and Congress. And that is fundamentally uh, um, antithetical to how the Constitution was set up. So we want to get rid of that and we want to put the power back in Congress to interpret the laws that it passes and to uh, instead of having uh, administrative agencies do it. Agreed. Thanks so much, Corey, for being on our show. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure being with you. To bless your neighbor, remember the quote by Thomas Jefferson, whenever the people are well-informed, they can be trusted with self-government. Support Corey Gustafson for Congress. This could be the turning of the tide. We need to have people in Congress that can affect our border, affect inflation, all these things that are very, very important. Till next week. There is more Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Still to come on K-Praise. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.